one of the pillars of Men's Health Unscripted is strength through vulnerability, courage, and being able to discuss difficult topics in a judgment-free space. Mikey V is an example of all these things, and today we're going to discuss his incredible story. While we might discuss some sensitive and potentially uncomfortable topics, Mikey and I agree that this is a space to help people. Welcome to the Men's Health Unscripted Podcast with Patrick and Cam. We're focused on everything on men's health, looking at your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual well-being. You're going to take care of that and make sure you keep on going. Thanks so much, Patrick. Um, as you've already told um, everybody, my name is Mike UV, and um, I have a very long journey, um, a story that spans the course of time over uh, decades and so forth. And um, if I could help even one man, then my journey has not been in vain. So I'm willing to um, put my vulnerability and my soul out there for everyone. Really love to hear that, Mike. So Mike and I met via Instagram uh, through the Men's Health page and his uh, page. Mike's, what's your uh, Instagram page? My Instagram is cancer underscore journey with Mike, Mikey V. And so we met, Mike, uh, are you still currently battling testicular cancer? Um, no, that is in remission. Um, it has hit a number of different areas, um, have treated those. Um, they left their scars, unfortunately, but um, I'm also in remission in um, the other areas of cancer. It's just the other things that I'm uh, dealing with as well. Wow. So, so when we met, you were undergoing treatment for testicular cancer. And I know we had kind of had some quick talks and uh, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast today because I think, and finally, I know we've been working on this schedule for a while, but I know that, um, you know, you, you are very open on the internet about your journey, uh, your triumphs, your struggles. And um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the, you know, cancer, uh, type topics here. So you're, you're undergoing treatment for testicular cancer. When did you find out, um, or your first cancer diagnosis? When did you find out? Uh, my first cancer diagnosis diagnosis was back in, uh, 03. And, um, it had, uh, it had hit me pretty hard because that's also the year my father passed away. And, uh, so as a guy, um, you never think it's going to happen. And I was talking to a friend and expressed to them, okay, I found this weird uh, lump. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, you found it where? And I'm like, oh, you know, down there. And uh, so he said to me, oh, dude, you need to get to the doctor right away. Don't mess with that. Well, he's a really good friend, but unfortunately I didn't listen. Um, I let a good um, month two months and six weeks uh, before I went to the doctor. Um, and that made uh, the beginning of um, my journey. Um, and uh, it impacted on me really, really hard. Um, when the doctor um, had examined me, he said, oh yeah, there, there, this, this, is, this is a big one. Um, and there's definitely something there. So when I went for the screening and um, he um, came back with my blood work and everything. He said to me, Mike, um, you have um, testicular cancer and it's a stage three um, carcinoma. And uh, I remember just 
looking at him and there was this blank stare that came over me and I uh I just said, nah, nah, come on. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying myself. I'm hiking, I'm climbing mountains, I'm doing all these crazy things. I don't have time for this. He said, um, it doesn't work that way. You've got to make the time and take care of it. Well, um, within a day, uh, the surgery was scheduled and um, he had gone in and uh, removed the left testicle and um, said to me that um, it was a lot worse than he anticipated. Um, it um, was um, tutoring on the brink of um, stage four. Um, however, the carcinoma um, had hit a number of um, lymph nodes. So I had uh, quite, a, quite a number of those removed. Um, and um, it had left that um, my male area, um, man's parts, um, very vulnerable um, because it had, because the way the cancer was uh, occurring, it had hit um, the mons area, it had hit the, the scrotum, um, it was going um, down and it also had touched the, um, the colon. Um, so I was, you know, I was shaking and, uh, I had some family and friends that came to, to check in on me and they just, uh, as I was in denial, um, which is one of the steps, um, um, um which was really, I was like, no, th th there's no way. Um, I, I have plans to, to go away on my next hike and so forth. Um, but that was the beginning um, that set me on the journey. So I'm really sorry to hear that, you know, that's uh, to have your father pass away and then a cancer diagnosis. That's that's really intense. Um, but something kind of want to I got a couple questions about, you know, the beginning of your story. So do you feel like when you initially were diagnosed or when you initially found the lump and you had had the discussion with your friend? Do you feel like there were, you know, any major hurdles preventing you from discussing that, you know, with your friend maybe initially, or even what prevent, what do you think prevented you from taking that doctor's visit, taking up to a month, you know, 30 days after thinking like, man, this could be serious, you know, I, I might, but I'm just going to wait. I mean, is there anything that you think like is a, you know, hurdle for, for um, that? Yeah, by all means, Patrick, I, um, I had that glazed look that came over my face and it was also this part of my brain that kind of stuck in mode of you're a guy you can't talk about this Daniel you're a guy and I remember looking in the mirror and I'm like dude you can't talk to anybody and I you know I, I banter back and forth as I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like nobody's gonna understand this you're gonna get judged there's there's so much stigma behind this and I I was making it my goal that I wasn't going to tell um, anyone because it was that level of I'm a dude and I'm not no guy is going to understand it. So um, that was that was a big hurdle. Is how my how's my family how's my friends going to uh, accept this and understand it? Um, so yeah, that that's that was a big part of my life scared petrified I, I could not imagine mike so how did your family and friends like once you initially had to tell them 
you know, how, what was the response? Um, my friends, uh, well, their, their family, um, and so super, super close to me. And, uh, you know, a couple of them were kidding around a little bit, you know, like, come on, man, and, you know, and trying to wrestle. And uh, the friend that I had told um, about the long pass said to me, hey, Mike, I'm not going to say I, I told you so. But what he did do is he said, hey, guys, give him some space and give him the respect that he deserves. Don't mock him by trying to be um, macho and um, wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Let's hear Michael talk. And then everything was quiet and uh, they looked at me and I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? But you know, what happened was uh, I found my voice and I kind of blurted out things because I wasn't as knowledgeable as I am right now. And um, I told them uh, I'm really, really scared and I don't really do this by myself. And then instantly all of them came around me and gave me this big, big hug and said, you'll never be by yourself. Never. And uh, when I um, went to tell my family um, a few of the um, my close friends that I, I call my brothers from another mother um, came in and just kind of be asked support. But when I told my family, um, my mom was uh, shocked, taken back. She's like, you know, an Italian mom and I'm the baby of the family. Uh, so she was taken back. My, my brother looked at me and said, you got this, Mike. You, you've done so much. You got this. And um, uh, my my sister and my my nephews and so forth were like, "Come on, Mike! You know you can do this. You've you've climbed um, this mountain. You've done this. You've done you, you you can do this." You know. And I started to talk, um, open up a little bit about my fears and my worries, the things that were going to um, be taking place, and. Um, uh, again, it was that big, huge Italian hug fest that occurred, and I needed that so bad. I didn't know I needed it. I was ready to tough it out in my room with the blinds closed and the blanket over my head. Um, but I needed that um, because that that moment, I just I felt like I could breathe. Uh, I'm not going to be doing this on my own. Um, there is no judgments. The, you know, the stigmas, well, I can't control all the stigmas, but the stigma that was around me wasn't going to exist. So that that's how I was able to share with my family and my friends. It took a lot more than I thought. I thought, hey, I got this. What's it going to be? And, you know, two, three hours later, uh, with all you know, different family stories that I wasn't even aware of, um, started happening, and, uh, and and I was just I mean, shared my journey with my family and my friends, and uh, that's what got me um, going to you know the ball rolling. So, so it sounds like you lived a pretty active lifestyle, climbing mm -hmm. mountains, hiking. I'm sure that a diagnosis for testicular cancer 
probably was the last thing on your mind coming up uh, into that point. Tell us a little bit about maybe your life previously before testicular cancer. I know you mentioned a little, some, you know, your journey started in your childhood, but um, let's kind of like get to know Mikey a little bit more. Sure. Um, I am a true adventurist. Um, I am the crazy man. If you want to see something done, you call on Mikey. Mikey will <laughs> do it. And uh, yeah, no, that, that was those times. Uh, those are what made me who I am in a blast, you know, um, free climbing, um, you know, and going up a mountain without any harness on. Friends were like, are you crazy, dude? I'm like, yeah, that's that's part of my middle name. Um, so, yeah, totally an outdoorsman, um, hiking, um, whitewater rafting, um, climbing, no sense of um this this mountain is way too big to climb. Um, a lot of travel. Um, enjoyed myself. I immersed myself in the um, uh, the culture of different areas that I was in, and um, lived uh, the life of the people that were around it. And uh, just, I mean, you, you might not get the sense of it, but the best way to say it is, literally, somebody would say. Are you crazy? I ain't gonna do that, but I know who will. Get Mikey. Mikey will do it. <laughs> yeah, so you gotta laugh there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I'm the kid with the cereal. Um, so yeah, everything was get Mikey. And I did. I there's nothing that came across my plate that I was like, no, I can't do that. No, no, I mean camping, um, tenting on the cliffs and uh, doing free falls into the ocean. And I mean, uh, really, really great times. Um, just enjoying nature, soaking up uh, all the beauty um, of the flora and fauna and, and the, the animals. Oh, I can't get enough. One of my favorite animals is the moose. I like chocolate moose as well, but mm -hmm. the actual animal moose, uh, if you ever come close to one and you're able to pet it then you know you're at one with the uh, with the animal and uh, it happened on two different occasions for me um so there's one moose um who was watching his baby and i was very very careful about it so i had um was approaching very carefully because if you know anything about moose they'll take it down and they're they're big yeah, they're so very big. I, I, I was able to start petting her and just this um, beautiful sound. It was kind of like a, a cross between a horse and a cow um, sound. And uh, she was just beautiful in the way she was calling her baby. And um, uh, I have pictures and videos of me just petting her um, because that's really rare to be able to do that and the baby came along and um, just having a peaceful um, at one moment with nature and uh, so when it comes to um, anything to do with nature anything to do with animals um, there's not a thing that I won't try or haven't tried um, it's, uh, it's it's kind of part of my mantra 
I I have to try everything at least once. And I've tried so many things. Uh, of course, my body paid the price. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, when I get to that part of the story, it's like either my my brother or my wife will say, yeah, tell them what you got going on now. And I'm like, oh, listen, I dislocated my left shoulder over the course of X amount of years. Well, it was now high time for me to have a total replacement on surgery. So I had my left shoulder totally replaced about five weeks ago now. So I have a titanium shoulder. Um, and uh, yes, that was from um, a lot of heavy weightlifting and a lot of um, climbing. When you free climb, it's it's just your body weight and you're pulling yourself up and climbing. And so, yeah, um, that's that's where that one. And then I beat up my right shoulder. Um, and I also had back surgery done about three months. And see how you rubbed your shoulder, you, you feel the pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had back surgery done as well. Uh, I had to fuse um, a number of um, of the uh, the spine and they built um, a titanium cage around it. Um, so <laughs> I am uh, no foreigner to, uh, to pain or to surgery. Um, so yeah, no, I enjoy things and I'll still enjoy them. I, I'm not going to back off. I'll be a little bit more careful, but I am backing off. Um, and well, I'm definitely, you know, happy to hear that you still have that, um, feeling of you're still ready to try anything and really get after it. And I, uh, I commend you for that. I think, you know, this isn't something I've ever experienced, but, um, just being in pharmacy and being around patients and stuff, it's very easy to kind of fall into uh, a rut or, or be depressed or anxious uh, just because, you know, your life is on the line. Um, so I kind of, you know, I know we talked a little bit about, you know, in preparation for the podcast, um, the mental health component, you know, a cancer diagnosis and, and some things like that, where, you know, what, you know, you talked a little bit about what goes through your mind and it seemed like you had a really great support system with your, your family and friends. Yes. Uh, but still, what kind of emotions were you feeling? I mean, throughout treatment, I, I know the treatments can be very difficult, very painful. Um, you know, where did that put you in a place mentally? And then, you know, what were some ways that you remediated that? I mean, you have, it seems like you have a really great outlook on life. You like to have fun and, um, you know, I see you on Instagram and you're like one of the most grateful people I've ever, I've ever seen. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's awesome to see you, um, still maintain such a mate, like an amazing attitude, even though, you know, you've had some, you know, unforeseen like events. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, uh, Patrick. Um, part of the thing that keeps me grounded or keeps me humble is never forgetting um, who I am, what I've done. And um, if I was repeating something, to look at it through a different set of eyes, so to speak. Um, yes, I have a great support system. Um, my family, my friends uh, are amazing. The um, thing with um, enjoying life, sometimes... Um, too much enjoyment is too much enjoyment. Uh, and you have to kind of step back and say, hmm, 
should I have done this differently? Could I have done this differently? Um, and that usually comes after um, you busted a rib or I uh, dislocated your shoulder or, I don't know, well, the amount of times that I broke my nose, <laughs> it's uh, uh, a lot of times. So um, enjoying um, the different things, um, having the, um, and the friendships um, that I have and even uh, new ones, um, it's, uh, it takes a lot. Um, you know, they have that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a group of men who are so in tune with what someone is going through um, and the enjoyment of nature. Putting those two things together are extremely important because that's where you can gain the most help. Now, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to refer back to you on the total question because I kind of got off track, I think. <laughs> oh, it's okay. So just like we're really more so how, you know, what, what kind of emotions were you feeling during treatment, during diagnosis? I know you kind of said you went blank. Um, but after that, you know, after, like you said, the first step is denial. So then did you feel, you know, anger? Were you lashing out, um, you know, feeling maybe more sensitive towards people's comments, things like that. I mean, there's, there's an array of different ways that we can feel in, in dealing with a, a difficult situation like this, but I just wanted to know, how did you feel? And then, you know, what were some ways that, that you kind of helped work through those uh, and, and, and maintaining a positive attitude. Okay. I can do that. By the way, that's, um, iced tea. It's not bourbon. Or it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, the, um, various, um, things that I've done, enjoyed, um, played, practiced, um, taught others to enjoy. Well, it's, um, you know, when I was going through this denial, um, because no, there, there was no way there was it, this, this is on my QV, you know, um, you know, most guys will say this, but I'm unstoppable. I can do this. I can, I can get myself through this and, and not have any you know, scars or have any repercussions. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, once the surgery was done, um, it was uh, a year of treatment and the treatment, um, it, it impacted me pretty big. You know, uh, most people who are on chemo radiation will say, um, you might not want to eat that right now because uh, it's, it's going to be hard on you later. And I was like, nah, I can handle anything. So, uh, yeah, of course, I became one with the the porcelain throne um and i uh that was one of the worst nights that i ever felt because i don't think there was anything left inside of me uh it's just yeah that uh don't mess with um chemo and radiation and uh so i learned how to eat wise and uh, eat for my body type and so forth but the um part about saying okay this isn't my life. It took some time to to get past that. And my family, friends, 
kept on bringing it up after a while and kind of got a little annoying. And then I realized, I said, uh-oh, aggression is going to come next, and that's anger. And um, so what had happened was um, after my uh, uh, next um, treatment, I uh, I don't think I've ever snapped um, uh, one of my close friends, my close guys. Um, but that day, you know, he was like, Mike, you don't look very good. You need to you need to start taking a little bit easy. And I was like, what are you talking about? I feel great. I feel fine. I'm, I'm ready. And he said, Mike, just please look in the mirror. And he, we uh, got home, you know, he you know, put the mirror in front of me and I took the mirror out of his hand and I threw it across the room and it smashed on the wall. And uh, I was like, don't do things like that to me. I'm okay. I have this. And, uh, you know, I, this is one of the friends that I grew up with. So, he, you know, we both know each other in and out. And I would never snap at him. But I did that day, and I just that look in his face um, was disappointment, was hurt, um, and you know he he didn't say much. He didn't say, "Mike, now you're dealing with anger or aggression." Um, but I was just so overwhelmed, and. And I went to, you know, start, you know, cleaning up the glass on the floor. And my friend um, Kurt wanted to give me a hand. And I was like, no, please just let me do it, please. And uh, and I had cut my my um, hand on the glass as I was picking it up. And, of course, my gut reaction was fist, wall. Fist must go into the wall. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I did that stupid man thing. Um, I punched the wall, put a hole in it, and so forth. And so, um, unbeknownst to me, um, my friend had called up our two other friends up and, um, you know, knock on the door. And um, they said, Hey, Mike, um, we're here. Remember that patch we have? Like, yeah. They said, um, You're dealing with aggression now, you're dealing with uh, anger. And that could take you in a lot of places and a lot of dark places. And you don't want to do that alone, man. And you're not going to have to, as long as you let us have room in there um, for you. And I stopped uh, and I was having a panic attack. I was um, breathing very heavy. And um, I just, you know, it's like, when I get a panic attack, and of course I talk with my hand, so I was just like, stop, I can't do this anymore. And that's when one of my friends had said, that's it. That's what you're now up against. And if you go down that course, Mike, you could wind up on your own on that course, and you could end up dead on that course. And I knew it took a lot for me to say. And that's when I, I felt just like, like this whoosh over me. I'm like, oh my God, it's the first time when my friends talked about death. 
Um, so it, it, it really, it, it meant a lot. And that's when I started to think about the, the various steps. And how am I going to take them? And I don't want to shut my friends out, um, nor do I want to cause any harm. Um, I want to do um, the best I can. And um, it really wasn't going to be easy. Um, life has that funny thing about it. Um, I call it the duck bobbing and weaving method. You know, here comes the problem, duck, you know, bob. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've got to insert you wherever I can. Um, that's, you know, that makes me me. Um, I, I am in tune with my feelings now. And uh, it's, it's not an easy thing. Uh, it's, it's very, very difficult. And I'm real grateful that the friends um, that I have, and again, my family, um, since um, those time, um, my mom has passed away. And um, I, uh, I got to uh, spend some good quality time with her. Um, and it helped in a calm way. Um, she was telling me different stories and, and I knew where they were coming from. And um, I was like, okay, we got to get this in order. You know, I got to do this for my mom. You know, uh, a, a boy and his mom is a very, very strong bond. And uh, so I just, I knew I had to get through it. And how was I going to get through it? Well, my family and uh, the friends. And uh, so it came to the point where I had to um, make a decision. Um, the um, radiation and the chemo had did its course um, um, zapping the, um, the cancer um, of how it, where it was and how it spread. Um, and um, I was able to put in um, um, testicular implants if I wanted to. And I said, yeah, no, I do. And uh, the doctor saying to me, well, do you want to match it to your actual size or do you want to go um, smaller? And I was like, no, I want to go to my, match it to my actual size. And he said, um, you know, that was, that's kind of big. I'm like, okay, well, that that that's me. I, you know, let's do the right impression. Um, so, um, surgery time came. The uh, implant went in, and uh, yeah, no, it, it wasn't until it went in. I'm like, wow, I am big. Okay, I can deal with this. Um, and uh, so, going through that and, and going through the pieces, um, it was not easy because I um, was still dealing with so much nausea. Um, like, and I lost my my taste buds. Um, everything that I loved just didn't taste the same. Um, and sitting and eating wasn't enjoyable. It became, okay, it's a chore. I have to eat now. Um, so I lost a, a bunch of weight and I wasn't looking um, very good. 
So um, that kind of took me to the part where um, the implant was put in on the left side and um, how I wasn't uh, doing my best with eating and so forth. Right. So, well, uh, a huge takeaway from that for me and this, a lot of this discussion is just like how good your friends have been uh, and your family has been and supporting you. I mean, just to hear that you've got a group of guys with you that says like, you're not doing this alone. You know, even though you might have some moments of lashing out or, or tough situations, you know, it, you, you still got some buddies that are like, you're not going through this alone, whether you like it or not. And I think that's so inspirational in anybody listening. You know, if, if you have a friend going through something, I think this is a great lesson just to like to how to be a good friend, you know, to someone who might be going through a difficult time. You know, Patrick, um, when we think of a friend, we think of our buds who are going to be there when, you know, we want to go uh, bar hopping or we want to go have fun on and town and just go swinging from trees. Yes. I said swinging from trees because that's what we did on the harnesses and just go swinging. I've and done it. <laughs> you, you gotta have fun um so yeah i have no problem acting like a, a monkey or an ape because it's it just being a one with nature but when it comes to friends um i have to say i have a really really great group of friends um you know when you grow up and um you begin to get more mature um and those friends are still there and still offering the same type of friendship. You, you know that you hit it perfectly with friends. And those are my friends that, uh, yeah, they'll call me up. I'll call them up and uh, just see what we can do for one another. And uh, believe me, Patrick, it, I'm sure you realize it. It's not easy to call a friend and say, I need help. Um, and that's under normal circumstances, but to call a friend and say, well, I need help, and it's down there. Um, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, but I do have really good friends that were close enough that they um, kind of, I, uh, they, they took away my hardest parts to say um, by knowing where you know what I was dealing with and where I was going to go with it um so they you know little friends who were in tune and um my brother who's only four years older than me um also my friend uh as well as my brother but, you know talks with my friends so they were kind of already on the same page um but you don't just get that gift you you got to work at those the friendships um it's a beautiful gift um i have um, an incredible wife um uh, we went i'm only married two years so i uh that's awesome congrats yeah thank you very much uh, total covid wedding um had um our friends all dressed up and eating at the same time and dancing with us at the same time from all over the world uh and it was great and i have one of the best wives imaginable um, to be only married two years, to be by my side um, through um, these rough times, it's it's not easy. Um, 
so I don't take it for granted by any means. And uh, no, I'm very thankful. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy to hear that. I I know that you know in my time in pharmacy, it's it's been kind of tough when when uh, we were on rotations in in a hospital. There's a hospital here in Tampa that does cancer treatments and. There was um, a little old lady that used to come in by herself all the time. She had to Uber in and I talked to her one day. I was like, you, do, you know, I didn't want to be mean, but I just asked her like, do you have any, you know, relatives or anything? And I guess she doesn't have anybody, didn't really have anybody. She was just doing this thing. And she had told me a lot of her friends had passed away already. Um, and so that was just a really that was a really humbling experience, I think, just to see. And it made me really grateful for the people that I have around me and listening to you is really, you know, also made me grateful for that because, you know, a lot of people just, you know, it's sad because a lot of people don't have that, especially men and men might have a better shake at it too, if they were a little bit more open and willing to, to discuss these type of situations. You know, I think this, you know, listening to you, Mike, I mean, your situation could have been completely different if you hadn't confided in your buddies and your family. And, and just like you said earlier, I was ready to, to throw the sheet over my head and do it in, in my room. Um, and I, and I, I think it's just so powerful that you reached out and were, and just, cause that's a tough thing to talk about. I mean, I've never had anything like that happen to me in my life and, and I've had tough things to talk about with my buddies or friends or family or whatever. And it's like nowhere near you know, and, and, um, for you to be able to do that is really inspiring. And I hope it inspires our viewers to, you know, be a good friend one, and then also rely, you know, hopefully you can rely on your friends and your loved ones, um, in tough situations. Yeah, those friendships, um, uh, I count my blessings with, uh, because they don't just fall from the sky, as I said earlier. And what it comes down to is, um, valuing them and letting them know how grateful you are for them and uh you know friends it's not like okay uh i'm gonna choose you and you're gonna be my friend and you're gonna be no it, it's bonds it's 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 a friendship that you grow together with um and uh it, it, it takes time and um yeah we're we're stupid we're we're guys you know we don't we, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you're I'm right. Not, I'm you not know. taking that away from you. We are. No, no, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're guys. So, you know, it's like, uh, so what do you want to talk about? That subject. Which subject? That one? Yeah. Uh, okay, what do you have to say? And all of a sudden the caveman voices start coming out of us because we're like, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to talk about it. Um, yes, we did talk, we do talk about it, but it's, um, it, took a lot more than I really thought. I mean, to get the educated, um, proper words to come out, um, because for me, I wanted to um, dignify the situation. And um, so there was there was no um, uh, cussing or there was no um, managing the moments and talking. I, it had to be done the right way because I I wanted to have to have it be dignified. I wanted to have my sister walk in the room, my friends be there, my mom, and it was you know you had oh shush, no, 
um, you know, when, you, when you're talking about um, testicular cancer, um, obviously um, our testicles are, you know, supported by our scrotum and where's our scrotum? Uh, well, it's attached to the penis and this, that, all these things that are there. Um, so I, you know, I had to make some decisions because um, I had found my conversations were getting a little bit longer and a little bit more aggressive. Um, so that would take me to my next stage. Stay tuned for part two of Unscripted and Unstoppable with Mikey V.